Hey everybody, welcome to the Rock Pile Talk Pile, the official podcast of the Colorado Rockies subreddit. I'm Zach, otherwise known as username Zach17. We're just doing big pauses today, John. <laughs> I didn't know That's, what was going on, I'm sorry. John, John Big Pause Foster. Yep, otherwise known as Jay Foster 15 Hey guys, I'm Jason, JSA17. Hey, uh, it's Jack, you uh, slash underbubble. I like Big Paws. That's, that's your new name, John. Big Paws. <laughs> cool with me. That's cool. You know who else is Big Paws? Jeff Daniel Breidich. Murphy. Oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Freidich has taken a big pause on doing anything. Oh, oh. taking a big pause. Oh. I didn't really think he had big hands. I thought Jeff Freidich was like another, you know, person. Well. Eight. Compromised. No, compromised. You're right. The Russians got me. <laughs> um, we want to talk about the big pause that Jeff Breidich took because he took one step forward-ish in yeah. signing Daniel Murphy, a baseball player. Who has not played first base in a few seasons and will now be playing first base. And we all know how our track record is of signing why, guys that don't play first base. Why sign a first baseman if you don't have to? That's the Rockies' philosophy. Why sign a first baseman who's played the position regularly in the past couple of years? Seems unnecessary. We probably might do better if there was just nobody on first base. Yeah. What? It doesn't matter. Nolan will just throw it at the base and hit the base before <laughs> the runner gets there. He'll stick between the bag and the dirt. Yep. Counts as... And he'll step on it. The runner will step on it every time, and they're out. And there we out. It okay, is so. a really weird thing that after getting so much flack for signing a second baseman slash shortstop type of player to play first, and then that being a bust, and the, the flack being deserved, that they went out and signed a second baseman slash shortstop type player to play first base. And a one that was, at least Ian Desmond was league average defensively in mid- the middle infield. Whereas Daniel Murphy is decidedly not league average at defense at second base. Yeah, but now he doesn't to play second base. He can just be. And to be know. fair, when he was in his twenties, not in his thirties like he is now, he did put up like eleven DRS and seven DRS in two thousand nine and two thousand eleven with the New York Mets at first base. In two thousand nine, two thousand eleven. What what year is it right now? Uh. 2019, obviously. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. What was last year? Mm. Did he play any first base last year? Um, he, did, he did not. Oh, no, he, he played uh, 83 innings. He played played just enough first base to get a negative one DRS for the Nationals. And then at second base in 2018, he had negative 18 DRS. 2017, he had negative 15 I mean, his total DRS since 2011 at second base is negative 83. Wow. Decidedly not league average. No. Um, and, I mean, it's not really a surprise that he didn't play for much first base for Washington or Chicago last year because they both have real first basemen who... What's that like? Yeah, we don't know. Um, so, I mean, he's obviously you're just not going to get the reps when you have, like, for example, Anthony Rizzo playing first. Um, so there's never a, a, a chance for him, but it's not like when he has had the chances, it's been anything amazingly brilliant, at least not in the this more recent part of the decade. Well, Anthony Rizzo plays some second base. Maybe we could sign him. You I know would what? be just fine with that. <laughs> yep, not a bad idea. <laughs> Can you imagine Anthony Rizzo that with that left-handed power at Coors? Oh, can you imagine Anthony Rizzo and Alon Arenado on the same team? I just oh, feel I like would, they'd just yeah, they would just love each other, man. And then suddenly my dog being named Rizzo would be better. Than- You're just a prophet. <laughs> we got Big Paws, we got the Prophet, and we got Jack the Jack. Wild Card. <laughs> We're, we're going to talk some about wildcard stuff, but Jack, I want you to, to react to the other reasons that we signed Daniel Murphy. 
Why is it a good idea that we sign Danny Murphy if we had to sign somebody? Um, so some positive to that signing would be, um, I mean, everyone knows that last year, well, not everyone, but we were terrible against uh, right-handed pitching. We were like 29th in the league with a 77 uh, weighted run created. Plus, Daniel Murphy is the antithesis of that. He cannot hit left-handed pitching, but he has always had like a career like 130 WRC plus against righties, which is uh, it's really good. Um, so he does help with that. Um, and if you don't believe in McMahon's bet um, being enough to power you at first, um, he kind of acts as a good, you know, I guess stop gap of that until you get a real first baseman up like Tyler Nevin or possibly Colton Walker or someone along those lines. Colorado's uh, WRC Plus last year in 2018 versus righties was 82. Ooh, it was 82, not 77. Okay. Second worst. I mean, that's pretty bad. It was bad. The Padres were better than us. With Oof. Eric Hosmer. <laughs> who can't, yeah, who can't hit right in pitching. Let's see. Dan Murphy. <laughs> yeah, <I> can't. <laughs> Just end the sentence there. Yeah. Let's see. How good is Danny Murphy's splits? Pretty good. Because he hit 320 versus righties and. His WRC plus versus Reddy's was 130. Yeah, so he may not play defensively like a first baseman, but he hits like a traditional first baseman. I mean, I think Jose Abreu had the same wind runs created plus that 130. Granted, for a whole season, not just first one split, but we actually have a guy who his bat profiles for first base which is an improvement on the last guy that we signed to play first base. And he's a launch angle guy, which is awesome. And I really hope he is, like, talking with, you know, Ryan McMahon and David Dahl and, hell, even Ian Desmond about launch angle stuff because he's the grizzled old vet, and I hope that they listen to him about it. And that, that was a big perk of his signing. A lot of things I read about was that he's... You know, whatever you might say about his politics, he's excellent in the clubhouse. Like, um, talked about, I read a couple articles about him working with Juan Soto, um, who has turned out okay, and other guys on the Nationals, young guys like Trey Turner. Um, so he has um, that aspect, and that could be really good for, you know, Garrett Hampson, Ryan McMahon, David Dahl, you know, all those guys, especially because he wasn't, he didn't start out his career a good hitter. It was by, you know, pure work ethic that he was able to get himself where he is, and I think him maybe instilling that, imparting that knowledge on the prospects is going to be huge. Also, Arenado likes him. Uh, that's very good. Yeah, supposedly him and Arenado shared uh, rides, rides to the, to the, WBC? To the field yeah, when they were playing in the World Baseball Classic. So yeah. um, to me, that's another, you know, we saw it last year with Cargo re-signing because of Nolan, and this year, you know, you wonder with that Daniel Murphy how much of that was Arnado saying, hey, this is a guy I want in the clubhouse, and the Rockies acquiescing because they need to. Yeah. Yeah. They they don't need to go quite White Sox trying to get Machado crazy, but kind of lean in that direction. Yeah. We need a better verb for acquiescing. We need, like, a progressing to get, like, somebody else at all. Yes. Progression is good. I like (laughs) progression. What, what Jeff has talked about in that respect is, obviously, we've heard this word a lot, uh, what was it, responsible growth? Is that what you're yeah, saying? Yeah, res- responsible growth is like a four-letter word to me right now. <laughs> so, yeah. last year, I know, right? Um, our, uh, our opening day payroll was $141 million. Ours is already $146 million. So, you have to ask yourself, is this the responsible growth he envisions? Are we going to sign anybody else? I mean, I mean, maybe uh, I'm just a crazy optimist, but I feel like the longer AJ Pollock's out on the market, the lower his price gets, maybe. the lower his years get, at least. Maybe maybe not his value as far as average annual value, but his years, which for his injury history and him being an outfielder, possibly playing at Coors, you would want him to be as little years as possible. Well, and there's already been precedent set in this offseason with Yasmani Grandal getting one year from the Brewers. Absolutely ridiculous. Mm-hmm. You guys, did anybody read 
his explanation on that? I haven't. I seen did. It. He said, um, you know, he referenced uh, Yadi Molina's contract, uh, Buster Posey's contract, and referenced their average annual salary, not necessarily years. And he felt like that offer he got from the Mets, which was twelve million annually, was lower. Wasn't it supposed to be fifteen? With like, wasn't it four years, fifteen per year? Oh 16? yeah, you're right. Four years, mm-hmm. sixty. I can't math very well. So fifteen million a year, and he thought that that was below him being a top catcher. He said, and him looking around the league at other top catchers and what they're getting average annual, and so he mm-hmm. felt that signing one year eighteen million dollars was better for the catcher market than four years sixty. I mean, I completely disagree with his explanation, if I'm honest. But I, yeah, the I numbers too, there, but, but there's there's no guarantees. Right. I mean, if he breaks his leg tomorrow which hopefully he doesn't, obviously, but mm. that is going to crater that value. And then he's cool. He got 18 million for one year and then he's not going to find 42 extra million after that. And now he's a first baseman. Yeah. But at least he hits like one. For the Rockets. The Brewers get to the playoffs again and Grandal does another playoff move. You know, I mean, you still sign the guy because he's good the entire season and gets you to the playoffs, but then... If he disappears in the playoffs, yeah, I mean, I just well, then Tony Walter saves you because he has a walk-off or not a walk-off. He has a game-winning hit in a playoff game. Right. Good thing we have Tony Walters. Um, and it's, I mean, and you talk about Pollock, and obviously you want to keep the years low with, like you were saying, a guy with a massive injury history. So it's maybe there's something there, but we talked about what we thought that that responsible growth might be, and if they're at 141 million coming into the season then you figure 5% growth is $7 million, obviously, and if 10% is $14 million, and, we're, and they're probably not leaning to the 10% side, they're probably not leaning to the 5% side, but say they're leading to 7.5. So that's an extra you know, $11 million, $10.5 million in there, um, and you've already spent five of that. Where else, what else are you going to spend that other? Well, we've spent eight, eight of that. Well, we spent Jack, eight of that. Jack, does that mm-hmm. number come with, Nolan's um, yeah, new arbitration. Oh, that number is assuming he gets $26.1 million in arbitration. Which, yeah, I could see that actually. But it's either 30 or 24, or we agree on something. So I guess 26 is kind of in the middle. The Rockies yeah. counter at 30. You don't think they're going to go higher than 26? I don't know. If let's I was say, the Rockies, let's say he gets I would just 20... tell him to sign it. <laughs> I'm just like, yep, yeah. 30 sounds good. Go ahead. We could do like meet in the middle, call it 27, because that would put it up to around 147. If we call that, even if it's less than 10%, let's say it's like 7.5%, you're already almost good with all of that. I mean, there's basically, in my eyes, if we're predicting Jeff Breidich to be the conservative man that he is, um, we're probably looking at another 3 to $4 million signing, something like, uh, let's say, a backup outfielder. Gerardo Parra, I could Duh. definitely see them taking... Um, you know, something like that. I don't know if they're completely satisfied with their outfield, especially when Tapia is your fourth outfielder. Cuevas is not. Yeah. Cuevas had minus 1.5 baseball reference war. Like, yeah. I do not want him in the picture. He was so fun to watch for the first week. I'm, and then I like he just him was a lot. like, whoa. I like um, the guy who just swings. He doesn't He doesn't take pitches. I'm just swinging. <laughs> I'm just here going. And Hilliard and Talkman aren't depth. They're, they're intriguing, but they're not depth. And Hilliard is far. Like, he was terrible in double-A, yes. Or, not terrible, but bad in double-A last year. Mm. So he's at least a year off. But I don't see them doing anything. I mean, I don't think even with Pollock having been on the market for how long he's been on the market, um, that is more a response to Harper and Machado not having signed yet than it is a response to nobody signing Pollock. And so once those two dominoes finally fall, which... They have to someday, geez. Um, <laughs> then, it's March 31st. and then Yeah, then Pollock signs, and wherever whatever Pollock signs is probably not a contract that we would have afforded. Unfortunately, yeah. Yeah. And the, there's plenty of teams that are still looking. Like, the Braves have a massive hole in right field. Mm. The all-center field lineup, what I've always wanted the Rockies to try someday. <laughs> and it's, it's one of the big things that... I mean, you can argue back and forth about whether there'll be a strike next year. I'm kind of more on the side that there will be, but it's one of those things that MLBPA needs to look at because Harper and Machado not getting the deals that everybody expected him to get 
potentially, and then that causing that log jam, and it did the same thing last year on the free agent market, and the same thing the year before on the free agent market, and then guys getting either less years, like Yasmani Grandal got, mm-hmm. or less money or anything like that, after teams had so much control over them for such a long period of time, and then they hit the free agent right. market, and they don't, and the teams just go, ah, never mind. And so it'll be interesting to watch that, because that's what's happening to Pollock right now, I think. I think Pollock is signed in at the winter meetings if it's not for Machado and Harper. Well, if this was five years ago, Pollock or Machado and Harper have their three hundred fifty million dollar contracts. Pollock has a hundred million dollar contract. Yes, Ronnie Grandal has an eighty million dollar contract. Like, it's just different now. And they're and they're announced before the, they're announced before the new year, not coming yeah. into February. Yeah, in February we're looking at minor league signings and bullpen signings for five million dollars. Yeah, it's been a weird thing so i mean i, I want to say there's some kind of devil's advocate in that these are the biggest contracts you're ever going to put out possibly they you know? are but the and and the teams are are realizing that there's not value in them but the issue isn't necessarily that the teams have realized they're not valuing them it's that they have so much control over those players when they don't make any money that then they're reaching the point where they should get paid and they aren't so they didn't get paid before probably what they were what their market value was been their pre-arbitration everything like that and then when they hit the market and the teams are realizing maybe they're not worth this much then the players lose out there too so ultimately the the owners who are billionaires and so and somehow people still side with with them, a b with a b yeah, with a b who are billionaires get the profit and the advantage of having control over these young kids when they're not paid their market value and then get to say and eh, we're not going to give you that much when they then should be compensated fairly. Like Chris Bryant as a MVP and a World Series champion made five hundred thousand dollars. That's and, just and, wrong. And how much? I mean, yeah, how much did how much did Major League Baseball and the Cubs make off his jersey sales? You know, yeah, it's just wrong. So. His jersey sales were probably more than his. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. man. So, and that's, I mean, that's where it's coming into play is that it's not necessarily that you can argue all day that somebody shouldn't be paid $30 million a year to play baseball. And that's your prerogative. But you can also argue that a kid that's the MVP probably shouldn't only make 550 grand to line the pockets of the Ricketts family. You got to start off paying them earlier, you know? Yeah. And that's the thing. I mean, like less than a year If you make something happen, if you make something happen, then and you're the guy who did it, you deserve to get something more. Right. Or just, like, five years of arbitration. Yeah, and that'd be fine, too. Like, if you made guys arbitration eligible earlier so they're getting paid what an arbiter thinks that they're worth, then absolutely maybe you solve that problem. The team owners would never go for it. Think about somebody who, like, starts off and they suddenly, like, they figure it all out, and they're already, like, 30 or something. Well, yeah, Jacob deGrom just had an amazing season – by the time he hits free agency, real free agency, he'll be 32. And Ugh. if the markets are the same as they are now, he's not going to get paid like he should. And yet for the Mets last year, I think they paid him like 780 grand or maybe a million dollars. And that's it for one of the best pitching seasons we have ever seen. And I mean, as for Rock, for the Rockies, the, the, maybe the best pitching season we've ever seen from a Rockies yeah. pitcher came from Kyle Freeland, who was pre-arbitration. And also not the Colorado Player of the Year. (laughs) That's so ridiculous. We've never had a pitcher that good, really. Well, we have, but Ubaldo did it for half a year, basically. Yeah. You get Philip Lindsay, who isn't even the best rookie running back in the NFL, let alone whatever. That's upsetting. If you want want any proof that it's a 75% Denver Broncos town, you just have to look at things like that. Philip Lindsay. He's fine. I mean... He's, He's great, just, but Freeland I love Phil. deserved it. Don't, yeah. yeah, I love Phil. <laughs> it, it was Freeland's, and it should have been Freeland's without even a contest. Yeah. Um, quickly, since we're talking about social stuff, let's circle back real quick to comment that Jack said and then take a break. The one thing about Daniel Murphy, for those who aren't really familiar with it, um, he had some choice comments about um, the LBGTQ community. From what was it, 2015 or something? Um, Wasn't all that long ago, but yeah, yeah, I feel like it was longer than that. But he reaffirmed, yeah, 2015, and then he reaffirmed them basically last year when he got traded to the Cubs. So he told 
Billy Bean, um, not the GM of the A's, but a former player, Billy Bean, that he didn't agree with his lifestyle, and Billy Bean is openly gay. And Billy Bean is also, like, the vice president of, um, like, baseball inclusion, I think is his official title. <coughs> yep. So, and then he did, he reaffirmed his stance, but there's also been, I mean, I've heard, and I don't know how much truth there is to this, if, if it was just something that was mm-hmm. uh, rumor, but that him and Billy Bean have like patch things up and are actually yeah. friends at this point so well and that's when he got traded to the cubs he his answer was i consider billy a friend uh but i still disagree with his lifestyle so which is weird because his so his actual quote is i disagree with his lifestyle i do disagree with the fact that billy is a homosexual that doesn't mean i can't still invest in him and get to know him i don't think the fact that someone is a homosexual should completely shut the door on investing in them in a relational relational aspect so, yeah. it's just a really bad quote. I really wish he was drunk or something. I mean, he still would have <laughs> said something, but he says, I do disagree with the fact that Billy is a homosexual. I wonder if Billy disagrees with that fact, too. <laughs> is he able to... And like, you know what? I never thought about it that way. I guess I'm not. Yeah, I mean, the part that sucks is Denver is becoming a growing city that is turning more into... A, an acceptable place to be whatever you are mm-hmm. and he was in chicago which is far further advanced than denver is in that area he's in washington dc which i don't know the demographics there but i would assume they're similar to denver and chicago in that aspect yeah so he's it's not like he's playing in in you know alabama somewhere he's right. in these places where there's people like that who that's and he has to interact with them. And I'm sure that he doesn't know it. And I'm sure we don't know it. I'm sure he's had a teammate who is gay. And he doesn't know it. And he's perfectly fine with that person. Right. His thing is that... I mean, the quote is that... It doesn't mean I can't still invest in him and get to know him. But he also says, I can't invest in them in a relational aspect. Which you, I don't even really know what that you, means. So you can <laughs> invest in them, but you can't invest in them. It's it'll it'll be interesting when we get closer to the season um, and people stop paying attention to the Broncos again, or at really stop. I mean, we'll see how far the Nuggets go because it's potentially the best oh, team we've ever had. Damn these Nuggets! And, and when baseball really is full swing again, um, to to see maybe some of that stuff come out. I mean, literally, we just voted in an openly gay governor in the state. He's and he actually follows fan. baseball. Yeah, who's a he big like, yeah, yeah, follow, rock, follows follow us fame. on Twitter. Um, so it'll be interesting to see when we get to baseball season about where the how much those comments are reported on. Because I think if you are a huge Rockies fan and you're paying attention to all their offseason moves and you're aware of the Danny Murphy thing, you've seen that. If you are a casual Rockies fan who likes going to games during the summers, you probably haven't heard about this yet, mm. and you'll see it. Um, we've we have to about, talk about it. We've talked about, amongst the four of us, uh, and, uh, um, and Alex, who's not on, but that the Rockies are a team that actually don't host an official Pride Night. There are five teams um, that we figured out were the Yankees, the Angels, the Indians, the Astros, and the Rangers have no Pride Night whatsoever on their uh, schedule. The Rockies have technically a Pride Night because it's hosted by a third-party organization. Oh, so I like thought you were Rockies, talking about like Chris, like Faith Night being right. Pride, yes. and Pride. We do have a Faith night. night. So the Rockies do have Faith Night, but they have a... They, they recognize the fact that there is a kind of a Pride <coughs> Night, but it's not hosted by the Rockies. It's hosted by, like, out sports or something like that. So the Rockies are one of the few teams in baseball that don't have an official Pride Night, and there are five, only five teams in baseball that just don't have anything at all. Um, and then we're all well aware of the Munfords' political or uh, religious beliefs and how they feel about what the locker room should be and everything like that. So a player like Daniel Murphy signing with a team that, has had that sort of history is kind of interesting too. And it'll be interesting to see what happens come opening day when people start seeing more of it. I'm sure there will be some sort of demonstration um, at the home opener this year. Do you think? I don't know how many people will be involved, but I'm sure it'll be then. And I don't know, you know, by the time we roll around to July, will that still be there? You know? Right. Or will be I mean, 
Polis has to shake Danny Murphy's hand, and Danny Murphy has to say something like, it's great being in the state, and I respect what you do, or something. I disagree with you. <laughs> yeah, I disagree. I disagree that I you're gay, your even though <laughs> there's a first gentleman next to you. Man, come on. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm curious so to see. I uh, the season ticket holder event is this coming Saturday, and whether or not Murphy's a part of it, I'm not 100 percent sure. But uh, I'll be curious there. I'm gonna try to get to it, and I'll be curious to see if. That gets brought up, and if it does, it'll be a thank you next question moment. But I'm just curious to see what happens with it because somebody will. I'd be shocked if nobody said somebody anything. Will ask. Yeah, and I'm sure somebody during this season, spring training, I mean, will ask as well. I, I'm sure it'll be brought up a few times. I just will not worry, but I just wonder, you know, in July, if. You know, it's 100 degrees out. It's a Thursday day game. Is there going to be the same enthusiasm for uh, Daniel Murphy's... Now, what sort I'm looking for? Uh, there's going to be... Yeah, like, if there's... You know, there'll be some... I guarantee I at the home opener, there'll be some sort of demonstration, you know, against come July, him will be being there. Yeah, to it. in July, is that mm-hmm. still going to be there? Yeah. I don't know, man. It's... I... I love the Rockies. I love the team. I'm really happy that we are doing well. I just wish it could have been somebody else or he would say, like, something a oh, little Justin bit Smoke. better. Oh, my God. It, why, why didn't we trade it for Justin Smoke and Kevin Pillar? Well, and two birds. Let's, I don't think any of us are kidding ourselves thinking he's the first person in the Rockies clubhouse who has that same belief. They're just not as sure. open about it as Daniel. No. Not as in yeah. your face with it. Yeah. Um, and it's hard to just, put somebody, pin somebody down though on the team. Yeah, and, and it's it, not and it's speculative though. It's not really worth. It's not worth speculating about their own personal beliefs. Yeah, there is um, another aspect to then signing Daniel Murphy that I think annoyed all of us um, outside of any of his personal beliefs, and that was that the Rockies had a chance to get Daniel Murphy last year. And if you're going to sign him in this offseason, he's clearly a player you liked. You were ahead of the Cubs on the waiver wire, and you let Daniel Murphy get by and then signed him that following offseason. And so it would have cost you $163. Yeah. So, it, it, I mean, his he had value, absolutely. And why they just let him go, if you're clearly interested in the guy, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make sense at all. In any way, shape, or form, it makes zero sense. Four, you said four hundred thousand dollars. It would have cost him to t- four hundred sixty thousand is what his prorated salary would have been. Is what the Cubs paid him this past year to claim him and get that value when you're fighting for a division title. I'm gonna throw up. <laughs> <laughs> so that would make all that 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 annoyed me about that signing just about as much as anything. It's yeah. It's gonna be hard to root for for that right now. You know, it's just conflicted. Well, and there was someone, and I, I don't remember her name, who uh, writes for Purple Row, who basically said that anytime Daniel Murphy gets a hit, I'm going to donate X Renee amount. Renee Deckert. Yep. Yes. Um, anytime he hits a home run, I'm going to donate to an LGBTQ uh, foundation. Um, she went a step further in saying that um, she's not going to purchase any Rockies gear. I wouldn't personally go that far, but I do find the idea of every time Daniel Murphy does something positive on the field, we as fans do something positive for the LGBTQ uh, community in Daniel Murphy's honor, indirectly. Right. I'm, yeah, I'm going to do it. Like, yeah. I, couldn't do, I couldn't do the apparel thing since it makes up like half my work. We could have yeah. like a... <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't go that far, but I do I do like that idea. And we put Jack, something in the sidebar. Renee, I think Renee came up with a great idea to do that. Mm-hmm. that if it's I mean, we don't have to have that, it be like a... It doesn't have to be a real thing, but we could like think about putting something in the sidebar like uh, I, that's kind of suggesting that people do it. I don't want to suggest anybody do anything they don't want to. I mean, you, you could always have something on the sidebar that's like, if you optional, agree yeah. with this opinion, here's your yeah. avenues to do so. Yeah. But, 2019. Yeah, so, Daniel, Daniel Murphy. Um, let's take like a 10-second break and then see if there's something else we want to wrap up. Um, that's good. And we'll see you guys after the break.
Um, welcome back to the Rockpile Talkpile. Um, for the rest of this episode, we're kind of just going to talk about a um, brief overview of what else is going on. Um, so as we know, Rockies have signed a bunch of major le- or minor leaguers and Daniel Murphy. And the question is, um, are we really that far behind by doing nothing? And I think when you look at it, the answer is no. In terms of where you are in the NL West, because the Dodgers, what? They lost Matt Kemp, Yaziel Puig, Alex Wood, and Yasmani Grandal. And they lost the first three of those because they wanted to save more money to not sign Bryce Harper. And well all they have gotten so far to fill that is Joe Kelly and Russell Martin. So the question is, are the Dodgers still the same team as last year? They're worse. Does anyone have an opinion on that? They're worse. You know, I, I like Russell worse. Martin, but like, he's so... Like, I just, as a person, I think. He was like a catcher third baseman. He had a couple good seasons. Now he's just not doing so hot. You can't go from Yasmani to Martin and think you're going to be the same. Joe Kelly is going to be fine, but... So, he, we it got mentioned. Um, John, you'll have to remind me of where it was. And pardon my French, but somebody called Yasmani Grandal an asshole. Asshole. And, yes. and so we were True trying... Pitchers. like. Then we were kind of thinking, well, maybe it's a good thing that he's not working with our young pitchers. Yeah, there was um, effectively wild um, where they were they That's were talking wild. about the contract, and Jeff Sullivan said, "I had a lot of people around baseball um, when I was writing the story text me and say, Yasmani Grandal is an asshole. People do not like working with him. His pitchers specifically do not like working with him. The numbers say otherwise because his framing numbers are amazing. He does <laughs> give up a lot of pass balls, but." So does Gary Sanchez, and they're totally different defensively. So, so maybe I mean, outside of the Rockies at all, maybe the Russell Martin thing isn't a downgrade if you are changing personalities for the Dodgers. I love the Yasiel Puig move because I love Yasiel Puig, and now I can, now we can root for him. actually root for him. There we yes. go. And Matt Kemp's out of the division, which for the other teams oh. in the division probably doesn't matter, but for us, he's oh, still gonna kill us. Dude, Matt Kemp's career slash line against the Rockies would win the MVP. Yeah, it's insane. It's disgusting. It's like 340. His slug is like 650. It's like, oh my God, relax. Yeah, he just murders the Rockies. Mm -hmm. And so back to Jack's thing about the Dodgers getting better. They did underperform last year. But if they don't sign a Harper, there's talks that they're looking at trading Jack Peterson if they end up not signing A.J. Pollock, which has been a rumor yesterday that they were talking with him, if they go into this year not trading Jock, not adding Harper, not adding Pollock, I feel like their true talent level is how they underperformed last year. Because I don't think this is crazy to say that Clayton Kershaw's his back is not great, and he's going to end up on the DL sometime this year. It's going to happen. Multiple times, likely. Yeah. Walker Buehler looks like he's going to be really good, so I'm sure he'll have a great season. Um, he and Jin Ryu, not guaranteed to be healthy. Kenta Maeda, not guaranteed to be reliable. They seem like a 95-win team, which is, they mm-hmm. won, what, mm-hmm. 93 last year, 92? So right. 91. 90, oh, no, we won 91. They won 92. Yeah, so they seem like a 95-win team, which is basically what they underperformed with last year. But it's okay because they're going to find Max Muncy 3.0. Yeah, they signed, uh, who was it, Shane Robinson or something? Yes. Like some dude you just know is going to hit 290, 380, 6,000 in a Dodger uniform, and it's going to infuriate all of us. If the Dodgers turn into the Cardinals, as far as all that goes, I'm just going to, I hate I feel like they already (laughs) are trying to The Cardinals all I'm a Twins fan now. Right. And the Dodgers had such good hitting depth that it was so crazy. You're like, we have one amazing lineup for lefties and one amazing lineup for righties. And so and they're totally different. And it, yeah, totally it did. Different. It felt like they they had 35 guys on that roster because they were all fantastic and they could all they hit could, home runs. They had and they had a they had a lineup for every pitcher they saw and like you said it was always different and it worked. So take it was like away, a line change in three. hockey. The second they a team would switch a pitcher, it was like a line change in hockey. Everybody everybody in and everybody out. And it's take all away three of those guys and you still have like one or two guys who are hitting just a little bit worse because they don't have the right, you know, handedness. But there's still those yeah. guys. What's interesting about the Dodgers and the way they did that is it was all front office machinations, that it was all the front office saying to Dave Roberts, here's who you're playing today. 
and mm. you can play them kind of how you'd like, but here's the the, the structure that you're going to build around. And they would do that with them every single day. Like that front office is so involved with that team. And the outcome of that was having the proper lineup for every, every guy they faced. And they and get Corey Seager back. They do get Corey Seager back. But let's not forget that Farhan Zaidi, the assistant GM in LA, moved to San Francisco as their GM. So he was, I'm assuming, part of that front office regime that puts together these suggestions to Dave Roberts. Will Seeker be ready opening day, or is it... Yeah, he'll be fine. He'll be opening day. Yeah, so Dodgers probably still good. It's unfortunate. Um, Rockies have some work to do. Um, But that was a great segue to the Giants, who have honestly not lost a lot of value and not really acquired anything of value they lost Derek Holland to which they said wait no I'm kidding I'm going to resign Derek Derek Holland so they got him back for 7 million (laughs) and then they traded uh, the Orioles for Bravik Valera who the Orioles got in the Manny Machado deal Um, so they have done nothing they will be nothing the question is how much worse are they going to get because they don't really have any prospects coming up that will be ready. Joey Bart, who is their only real, like, boom, impact prospect, isn't going to be ready until 2021. Where do we see the Giants? Third? Fourth? Fifth? Last. I put them, last. I put them fourth only because I actually think they're going to be better than Diamondbacks. I think that Diamondbacks mm, are last. Yeah. Whoa. Mm. But then that also I, puts the Padres close. in third, yep. which is hard for me to wrap my brain around. The Padres uh, are going to get better somehow. I just feel like San Francisco is going to be so bad, and there's the possibility that they trade Madison Bumgarner. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, and uh, that is first. honestly probably going to happen. Um, and you look at it, and Belt. like, I don't know if anyone remembered how bad the Giants were last year. They were they were seventy three and eighty nine. It always felt like they were riding five hundred, and then they lost the last uh, nine out of ten. Hmm. So um, yeah, they're not very good. Um, and the question is, are the Padres going to make enough to leapfrog them? Um, uh, they're kind of in the same boat. They've lost nothing. They've gained nothing. Um, all they have is to go up, though, because they have prospects that will be ready. But ha- it's Hosmer's positive war year, so they might be good because of that. Because Hosmer puts a, posts a positive war, and then he posts a negative war, and then he posts a positive war, and then he posts a negative war, and he's done that his entire career. And this year is his odd year BS for war. Great. <laughs> yeah, but that means we also get McGee, which is he's gonna have a good year. Because it's I think it's an odd year. I think the Padres, the Padres as a whole, they're gonna send a lot of guys up. It's so imagine the 2016 Rockies, how we kind of won more games than we all expected. Kind of how we see the Padres happening is they're gonna win more games than a lot of people expected, and it's just gonna be like a oh. Look at the Padres. They won 78 games. How nice. And they're coming up from 66 wins. Like, it's going to, yeah, it's going to be that year of ascendance for them. I think we might see that from a couple other teams, like the Reds, um, possibly the Pirates. Uh, I don't see the Padres coming in any less than third, um, just because they've got, you know, full years of Luis, Urias, um, some other people. Innocent Lament will be back. They have 400 billion jillion prospects. We I also, don't know who's coming up. We also did really well against the NL West for like the first time ever, except for the Dodgers. I mean, 11 and 8 versus the Diamondbacks. We were 11 and 8 versus the Padres, and 12 and 7 versus the Giants. Well, hopefully, all of our Padres games are early in the year, like last year, so that we can just beat up on all their non prospects, so that by the time they start calling them up in June, July, August, and September, we only have like six games. They actually, fun fact, they actually are. The the, the yes. team that I'm bummed that we aren't playing early is the Dodgers. Dodgers. Because for the last two years, the Dodgers have been awful to start the year. And then in the summer, they go like 50 and 10. And it's like, why do, and why are all of our series versus the Dodgers then? Why can't we play them when they like don't? Hit. Same thing last year. Did we even face the Dodgers in April last last season? No, I don't think so. We do opening day, and then didn't you, Jack, say something about the Dodgers in September being all road games or something? Yeah, yeah. it's really ridiculous. Dodgers, um, I think Dodgers have like the last home games or the last away games versus us or something. It's gonna it's gonna come down to some BS, and we open the year in Miami, so it's uh. like. 
And we're yeah. so bad in Miami. So which is so dumb. They have nobody. Come on. And then we go to Tampa for four, which is like Miami junior, <laughs> or I guess senior. So we're going to start 0-7. <laughs> I swear to God, if we can't beat this Marlins team, like, right. come on. And we're going to go 1-2 and two against them. That's what's going to happen. Real Muto hits two cycles. And Jeff Hoffman's going to drive in the winning run. <laughs> it's going to be something stupid. No, what's going to happen is Tony Walters is going to be like hitting like like 800 or something in the first week. And Grand we're going to think everything's fine. <laughs> I'm with it. I'm cool with it. And then he's gonna go. He's gonna hit 040 for the next two months. Oh, Tony! His frame is pretty <laughs> darn good, though. I mean, it's not he's up in the good. top 15. Russell Martin was actually 12th when I checked. Um, but, oh no! Yeah, but he literally can't hit. Russell Martin literally could not hit. Literally, so 180. He bats. Nice. That can't hit. Mendoza. I'm gonna I'm gonna do this little segue. The speaking of teams that can't hit the Diamondbacks, yeah. they cannot hit. Um, because let's talk about what has happened so far. They have gotten Wilmer Flores, the walk-off king from the Mets. I don't know. He hits good. Um, Eduardo Escobar. They decided they did not want to lose him, and they don't want to fully tank, so they re-signed him. But they lost Patrick Corbin, Paul Goldschmidt, AJ Pollock, John Jay, Brad Boxberger, Shelby Miller. So, I mean, Chubby Merler was a good, uh, what do you call it? Um, Person? Not by low candidate, but like, hey, we're tanking. We don't care. Let's just see what happens and then flip it. But they decided, no thanks. We're going to give literally our B-level prospects a shot instead. So that's what's going on. So they lost close, like, it looks like they lost like 10 or 12 war this offseason. And they only won 80 games last year. Or I go 82. There's and, a chance that they're a fourth-place team, possibly fifth-place. And they don't have a great farm system. There's not, like, no. their top prospect is now Jazz Chisholm, who's a long ways away. Then John Duplantier is a pitcher, but he has had some arm injuries, not just injuries, arm injuries. And then they have a first baseman named Pavin Smith, who heard about there's questions if he could even hold first base down defensively. He can hit, but he's terrible defensively. You could always bring back Yasmani Tomas. You could always do that. He killed it at AAA this year with like a full 101 weighted runs created plus at AAA. Oh my gosh. In the PCL. Where everything. Oh, PCL is a hitter's league for people that. He hit 280, unadjusted, 280 in the PCL. A guy making like $16 million hit 280 in the PCL. And Zach Greinke is like thirty six percent of their payroll. Mm. <laughs> and so, the other like thirty percent is Yasmani Why don't Tomas. they trade him? They're trying. They to. probably will. He's got yeah. I think fifteen. I think he's got half the league is on his no trade list. Is part of that. He would and have that. Needless to say, call, actually the entire NL West is on his no trade list. Right. Mm-hmm. Which is weird because he loved his time in LA. Yeah. Where would he end up even? And. But the I Red mean, Sox get him somehow. With the Reds. Right. God damn it. <laughs> three, or, three or four years ago, I LA was Boston completely indifferent to Arizona. But I think over the past couple of years, I've started to like them just less and less and less and less and less. So I'm fine with them having a really bad year. I, legitimately I really wanted them. a full-out bloody rivalry with them. Just after the wild card, which hurt so bad. Um, and then they just decided they were just going to start sucking. Yeah, they put a plug on it. Well-timed. Well, we kept losing to them and losing to them and losing to them, and then we destroyed them 19-3, to and then we won basically, I think, every game from that point on. Mm. There was the top you slam. Yeah. Uh, David yes. Dahl. Um, yeah. Marquez home run. Mm. A lot of good times. It'd be nice DJ if, like, the off. Brewers and the Rockies could have, like, you know, an actual rivalry, except for the whole, like, that NLCS that never happened. Oof. And I think the Brewers are so busy hating the Cubs. I yeah, think they don't. Who is yeah, busy hating the Cubs? Hate them. The Pirates it's, or something? Pirates yeah, don't hate the Cubs. Probably. It's tough to have a rivalry that isn't A, geographical, or B, divisional. Like, you need one of those two things. And the Brewers are far enough away that it won't happen, and they're not in our division. We're so lonely in this time zone. 
It is. You see those maps of where like people post on the baseball subreddit of like the these maps that they <coughs> make, like, the maps of the United States, and it's like Colorado is so isolated uh, yeah. from everybody. <laughs> it's we're in the middle of the country, but we're so isolated from everybody that we are constantly one of the teams that travels the most. And you'd think being in the middle of the country, you know, you it would not be that way, but it's so eastern seaboard specific to us to a lot of that stuff. Mm. Yeah, it's you add Portland, you add Las Vegas, and you add Omaha. <laughs> no Omaha, no Omaha. How? They're, I mean, they're I, gonna I, host an MLB game here, so. I looked up how big Omaha is the other day, and it was smaller than I thought it was. So yeah, that's pretty small. <laughs> when I tell people that Omaha is the smallest town I've ever lived in, they look at me like I'm crazy here, and it's like, right. no, really? Because it's the, the biggest town. It's the biggest town in Nebraska, and it's what three hundred thousand, four hundred thousand, four hundred thousand, yeah, four hundred thousand. Um, I will say that zoo is pretty legit. Right, it's our one, our one big attraction. <laughs> Your one who's big playing, attraction. Who's, who's playing in Omaha? It. The Tigers and Royals. It'll be um, the week before the Cauldron Series or the day before? I can't remember which. That would be cool. Well, I'm excited. I mean, you can talk, yeah, you could talk about expansion for hours, but yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I feel like we would never have a Brewers rivalry just because they're too, they're a long way away from us and we're not interdivisional. Yeah, we would have to consistently make the playoffs each year, both with us, which has been a struggle for both of us, and we'd have to beat each other in said playoffs, which... Right. So far, we are over one on that. <laughs> if we want to like increase, we're like over sixty, I think in that game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I think the real rivalry is us in a division title. Yes. Oh, if you guys want to talk huge international travel, we're supposed to. Somebody's supposed to play in England this year. Yankees, Red Sox, wasn't it? Probably. I feel like those are the two teams you have to put there because if you asked a average Londoner to name a MLB team, they would name the Yankees and the Red Sox. Probably true. So. Yeah. So it looks like we are probably shoo-ins for at least second place. The question is just, uh, would you like more? And that's the question I'm asking to Mr. Breidich and Mr. uh, Who's the owner? Monfort. Now remember, Um, according to some people in Denver, you got competitive September baseball, and you are not uh, allowed to be disappointed with that September. Right. Two playoffs in a row. Also, one of the people who just wanted September baseball to be competitive. You're never allowed to want more than what you asked for. We never got. got, We never got what we wanted for so (laughs) many years, and now we have gotten two postseason teams. And all you had to do in September was sign some offense. Yeah. Like you finally figured out the pitching. You cracked the crazy code. You did it. You found it. And it's just crazy that's the that only thing that showed up in September. You didn't even decide anybody that good because it's Coors Field. You didn't even decide anybody that good at offense. Just somebody mediocre or better at offense. And you couldn't do that. You couldn't get like average even. Average. Who like who's the next Michael Kadire? Uh, that's the real question. Just smoke. Yes, that's he's the next Justin Morneau. Oh, this Justin. And he's a free agent next year, but you blocked him. the The thing I was most honestly disappointed about the Daniel Murphy signing is that like 2019's free agency class for uh, first baseman was monstrous. It, it's headlined by Goldschmidt, but you've also got people like Matt Carpenter, who does mostly play third. Um, God, who else? Uh, Justin Smoke, Jose Abreu. Uh, I mean, that's a it's a list. How many and how many John Heyman tweets do we get next year about Jose Abreu to the Rockies? I'm guessing at least thirty. 40. The Rockies have checked in with Jose Abreu. That's all they will say. They're every no year will sign him. of like a six years now. I feel like the Rockies are just like a, anymore. I feel the Rockies are just like bad at texting or something. Like, yo, what up, girl? And then they're like, yeah, you know, I got a nice little Jose Abreu here. I'm like. Dot, dot, dot. Okay, cool. <laughs> the White Sox... Or just are, leave are, them on red. Are the White Sox not the team that was like, yeah, we're just basically done talking to the Rockies because we always they ask were for the team, stupid things? Yeah. No, they were definitely... They definitely yeah. did that. We don't we know how to talk have, to people. Yeah, we always ask for dumb stuff and other teams are like, uh, what? <laughs> no. Can I have Jose Abreu and then give you Uzbezio, whatever that guy's name is, <laughs> and Tyler Nevin? And then they're like, no. N- and n- just n- like, okay, we'll, we'll find that. Cool. <laughs> 
And that's how it goes. He's a like, master negotiator. Like, hey, can I have Jacob DeGrom? I've got, like, a cold milker, but it's fine. You know, just, just it's fine. <laughs> he read part just, of the deal. Here's, here's <laughs> an Antonio <laughs> Sensatella. Lightly used Sensatella. <laughs> you remember that one, one time one? he got player of the month? <laughs> that makes him more valuable. That's worth a DeGrom. Yeah. <laughs> I don't see DeGrom's Rookie of the Month award. <laughs> oh. When's the last time that DeGrom got a Rookie of the Month award? I mean, come on. It's been so long since he got a Rookie of the Month. Yeah. And Antonio got one in 2017. I mean, so recent. who's been more more ac- – uh, didn't he win the Cy Young? Okay, we don't – never mind. But it wasn't Rookie, though. <laughs> it wasn't it was Rookie. Wins. Feel oh. young. The pitcher wins. How good can you obviously be? Right. He had no Ws. Right. He, his trade value is awful. Actually, God. that's kind of funny. I wonder how many uh, wins Antonio Sensatel has. He probably has more in his career than I think than I figured it out. I think the Antonio reason is Antonio was six and six. Jacob Degrom was ten and nine. That is more or less the same player. Pretty much the same if player. If you think about yeah. it, yeah. the problem is Jeff Bradish probably talks to other owners the way Jeff Bradish actually talks to other people. Oh God, <laughs> like, he's so like. It's like metal. so. You're a baseball team. I'm a baseball team. <laughs> I'm a baseball team. There's seams on a baseball. Jacob Degrom, please. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and I wish, like, going off part, part of me, we talk about all the time how the Rockies don't leak. Like, you never hear anything until it happens. And a good example of that was, like, the Blackman signing. You basically find out from, you found out from the team that they re-signed Blackman, and that yeah. doesn't happen these days. A week after it happened. Yeah, and but then there's the other side of it that I think part of why they don't leak is because they have so few opportunities to do so. Like, I just, are they even that active in the trade market? Because maybe, of, or are they? Are they? There's nothing to leak because they asked the White Sox and over asked to the point that the White Sox won't talk to the Rockies anymore. And then there's nothing to leak because there's nothing there anyway. Yeah, they don't even find it enough to text Heyman right. that they have a rumor there's nothing going for him to report, and he'll report like anything. <laughs> Did Jeff Bradish also like have like a his... really bad relationship with Sandy Alderson? That's like, familiar. I I wonder familiar. if people just hate Bradish because like. He seldomly trades, and when they do, it's awesome. But like, he doesn't do it. Well, and like, I mean, you saw I, what he did to Tulo, and Tulo hates Breidich. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wonder if he's not well respected within no. baseball. He's playing like, like the best trade you make is the one you don't make. That's I think Breidich's thing is the best trade you make is the one you didn't make, and he's so afraid to do it that yeah, he's doing anything. Or he's just looking at his phone longingly, like, why don't they like me? It's. Tur- I mean, he has. It has turned out well when he has traded. We can acknowledge that. But yes, he just. Doesn't he has do not it. lost a trade yet because the Tulo trade is a wash right now. Mm-hmm. If or- Jeff does anything, like if he puts up like a good season, we win the trade. Yep. It's yeah. that even right now. And he's doing throwing ninety nine on flat. So surface. last take: Does Bradge do anything else this season? That's a major league. Uh, cargo minor league contract is the only no. thing left. Dude, does he really get minor no. league off of a two-win year? It's gonna Come happen. On. That would be so depressing. <sighs> you hear it? I can see it. Chase, gonna happen. I mean, I love cargo so much. So <laughs> <laughs> if they if they gave cargo a minor league deal, you would not hear any negative reaction from me. I just think it's a bad, mad, bad minor league deal. If they just, gave him a if they gave him a major league deal, you'd probably hear at least a little negative reaction from me, but not a lot. Like, I'm still fine with cargo. Can you just re-record? Hey, hey, I got your tacos right here. <laughs> it would be worth it. I'd pay hundred thousand dollars just for cargo to re-record that commercial. <laughs> I know. I can't find it on YouTube anywhere. Oh, where are my tacos? That'd be good. How are we gonna get more tacos this year without any more offense? Jeez. I mean, we the Avalanche got tacos on Saturday. Yo, I was there. If the Rockies have to lower the score from seven to six to get tacos, something is wrong. We could just go the Arizona route. There's is five. Five. Oh god. Jack, it's not real. How are we gonna get more not tacos? Real? How are we gonna get more tacos? Is Jeff Bryce gonna do anything else this year? Um. I wanna. I wanna Long hope calls. that he bolsters the outfield bench. Um, like, you know, I want to, I want to see him sign para because like, if like Tapia is bad on the bench and Desmond is bad, um, <laughs> wasn't it wasn't on the bench <laughs> there. <laughs> oh my God. You said Desmond so, on the bench and my heart was like pounding. Like, please, please, please. No, no. Uh, and so like we lost a ton of wins, like between Pat Valeka and Noah Cuevas, we lost <sighs> three wins last year. Mm-hmm. So the question is like, do they acknowledge that? Are we going to sign par and i think that honestly 
like they all talk up par on how much they love him uh, and like he's not going to cost anything like he's like three million dollar major league contract that's my prediction i think they'll do it so i think they know that cargo is more so an everyday player and there's not really room for that right now that's my prediction my also my prediction is also that if we sign par he starts 80 games Oh, no. So speaking of Pat Vileka really quick, John. What oh, did God, he do he's in the still Mex- on the 40. What did he do he's in the Mexican Winter League? Oh, I didn't. I don't, I, he that's did, a jack question. I don't think he oh, broke yeah, a, I know. He didn't break 100, 100 right, in his average so. in the he Mexican hit, Winter League? He hit uh, – his slash line was .037. Oh, my God. Slash .071 slash .037. In the so Mexican Winter hit, League. Or two, the and they were 40. both singles, and he had a walk or two. I forget how many at bats it was. <laughs> He's on the forty. He was like atrocious. I mean, like, to have the an, to have an 037 is, average, you have to have at least like thirty at bats and go one for yeah. thirty. So, right. And the question is not anymore. It's like, can he play in the major leagues? The question is like, is he literally good enough for Double A? He, he's definitely not worth at a forty man spot, which we are currently supplying him with. Well. He hit like crap in AAA last year because that was the first time he'd ever hit in AAA. Um, I'm pulling that up real quick. He hit in AAA 216, 252, uh, 432. That was a WRC plus of 70 in AAA. And that's not a small sample size. We're talking 150 at-bats. And just to put that 216 in perspective batting average, he's playing in a league where every stadium is Coors Field. Yeah, every yes, single stadium. And Albuquerque it. is Coors times two. Albuquerque is at six thousand feet. So like that is literally Coors. And so and it's 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 teams A or that, that play at altitude is a lot of them. It's teams that play in the desert, so it's hot and dry is a lot of them. Um, and I know that there's some evidence that humid air balls fly better, but harder balls also fly. Yeah, um, yeah. Albuquerque is both desert and. High. Yeah, so everything so, in the PCL is inflated close. stats, and he hit 216 in the PCL. Bad. Bad. And he probably doesn't have a roster spot, if you really think about it, because you both McMahon and Hampson are probably going to have a roster spot. I mean, we all thought that last year, and he was on the playoff roster. Oh, my God, he was. <laughs> <laughs> that one game, jeez. For one game, but it was one game too many. <sighs> God, I talked. He had two at-bats, too, didn't he? Yes. Oh my god, I remember talking about that and just dragging it out because it was terrible. <laughs> god. So um I for some reason think that Bradage is actually going to sign a utility guy. And I know there's no possible way cuz Bradage is so bad at signing free agents that this could happen, but somehow crazily gets Marwin Gonzalez for 7. Because Dude, everything's so no bad. No way. I was, I was hoping you say Josh Harrison. There was Harrison's there was a rumor, not good, but like, still. There was a rumor like a week ago that the Braves were in talks to sign Marwin Gonzalez, and I had to pinch myself from not dreaming because I thought Marwin Gonzalez already signed with the Braves like two months ago. That makes sense. Was, that would be a good. I thought he was gone. I it is that I don't know. I just I saw the rumor that John Heyman was like, nope, this is actually is not a rumor. I was like, what? If you have this Marwin Gonzalez on that team full of young guys, and, and he can play a lot of different positions, Anywhere. so you can like give guys days off throughout the year with all those young guys. That's a that's a great fit for the Braves. Swap it. But yeah, but I don't want the Braves to be good. I, I still I've talked I about. It. I, I still hate the Braves because of the mid nineties. Like I hate uh, them. <laughs> yep. everybody. And that weird <coughs> hit by pitch thing in two thousand fourteen. Yeah. Yeah. But pretty much, I don't think he does anything else. I don't think so either. I don't. I don't. Yeah. He, he could get something for like seven or six or seven and get away with it, but he's not going to do anything. There's there's nothing worthwhile out there to even spend that seven on, and nothing, nothing that you're going to get that you need. You're not going to get it for seven, and then at that point, you're just spending the seven million to spend it. Well, well, I guess we'll talk about who actually makes the roster next time. Next time. On. The and best of luck to our friends uh, Adovino, Lemayhu. Oh yeah, the twenty fourteen New York, New York Rockies. Rockies. Yeah, and Arnado? Question mark. Oh, no, geez. don't even put you, that. You in know, it's, you know it's gonna happen. <laughs> so, oh, and the other bad news is that the Patriots are going back to the Super Bowl. Better than the Chiefs. No, I don't know about all that. 
<laughs> the World Series is LA versus Boston. Now the Super Bowl is LA versus LA Boston. Boston. There's no, there's nothing like American sports the originality. Or, American How sports about don't have versus uh, Lakers this fall too or spring or whatever. No, do that. if the Lakers make the finals, then I'll be more surprised than <laughs> aren't they? Like if we sign Bryce Harper, they're not going to make it though. They're not going to make it. They'll make the playoffs because <laughs> no, the like, Nuggets will. Hey. Yeah. Don't make the playoffs because in the NBA, if you play in the season, you get to make the It would be really <laughs> impressive, though, if, like, America just colluded with itself, like, L.A. and Boston, L.A. and Boston, L.A. and Boston, L.A. and Boston. L.A. and Boston is really big for basketball, too. It's like it would be huge for All basketball. Sports. Bigger for basketball than I think any other sport. Yeah. It's the Kings and the Bruins nobody would really care about. Didn't that happen? <laughs> Could happen. Did it? Yeah, I think it did. Yeah. All this talk about LA and Boston has me nauseous. <laughs> yeah. All Hopefully right, we will be less nauseous next time around. Talk to you guys next time. We're in a purple, we're in a purple.